0: It's figuring out, and I call it being Sherlock, it's finding the way in. The clues are usually there. The clues are usually there, but most people act like the
1: Strad and miss them. Today's episode is brought to you by Buzzsprout. I've tried a lot of podcast hosting solutions. Most of them charge you by the size of your file. This causes podcasters to compress our files and shrink them to fit our plan. When I was starting out, this led me to release some truly terrible episodes. Buzzsprout doesn't do that. They treat podcasters right and the price, well, it's awesome. See what I mean at servemaster.com front slash buzzsprout.
0: Are you tired of dealing with your boss? Do you feel underpaid and underappreciated? If you want to make it online, fire your boss and start living your retirement dreams now, then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Serve No Master Podcast, where you'll learn how to open new revenue streams and make money while you sleep. Presented live from a tropical island in the South Pacific by best-selling author Jonathan Green. Now, here's your host.
1: Thanks for making the time. Glad to chat. That's all right. Not a worry. What I'm interested in, and I think, would be an interesting. Topic is, if I have this right, you've been free. Your freelancing started in like 2012. But the the freelancing bit is over. I've always had a permanent job. I know they would be interested in the idea of because like for me, I always say because I haven't I lost my job in February of 2010. I've been working myself for 10 years. I would say I'm pretty much unhireable because I'm so used to being a boss and I make boss decisions. I work when I want. I do what I want. The thought of like someone telling me what to do or what to wear is like it's like, you know, like you can't join the army after you're 40 for the same reason. It's like you're not going to listen to some 18 year old. So. That would be interesting or your expertise to sales, right? Like you're really good at that. I'd be interested in that for me personally, because I've been doing phone calls all week. I realized, uh, and and that's the thing is that like, for a lot of us, we get When I got an online business, I was like, Hey, yeah. I never have to talk to another human again. I can just live in my basement and make money. And then you realize it's 90% of my revenue is handshakes or friendships. Yeah. And now to grow my business, I'm doing phone sales again. And it's this yeah. hurdle. <laughs>
0: Let's talk about that because that's an interesting subject because yeah. I had that very conversation earlier, interestingly enough, that two things. One, because of the nature of the technology world we have lived we live in, that I think a lot of people confuse communication with conversation. And secondly, COVID has accelerated a negative effect on people because people are hide- have become keyboard warriors. Right, and I get it all the time. And this is the example I gave. And I watched the person. be interested to in see your reaction. The person nodding. But I said, you know, every day I get, I will get things such as a LinkedIn connection that will say something like, "Saw your podcast on this," "Saw your video on this," "Saw you won this award," whatever it is. I'd really value connecting so I can see your content. That's valid, authentic. Right, okay. As soon as you let them in that door, you know where I'm going, right? It's <laughs> you can start a stopwatch and go. Oh, there's the in mail with the sales pitch. There it is. There it is. Because they they they've got this perception that digitally, it, digital is different to real world, right? You would not, in the traditional real world, turn up an event and over pouring coffee or getting coffee from the machine, say, "Oh, morning. How'd you get? Here? Oh, the traffic was bad. Great." Um. So anyway, let me sell to you. But that's what you're doing electronically. People's behaviour digitally is out of kilter. And, and what they're doing is there's, two, there's two, several things going on, I think. One is activity is being cr- confused for productivity. So I read, oh, I sent 40 emails to emails today and I've done, I've, oh, I feel really busy. But it doesn't work. It's not working for you, right? But, but you do lots of activity. It's the wrong activity, number one. And two, what you're doing is communication, not conversation. They're very different. A conversation is something like this where you can see inflection. And Jonathan, if I if I start saying this, you you get inflection right of oh hang on a minute, I've pissed him off here. He's angry or whatever. If I do that on email, you can either interpret that I'm angry when I'm not really ang- that angry, but I'm just frustrated. So I'm taking it's easy on the keyboard. Or vice versa, I'm I'm not coming across that way, but actually I'm really disappointed. You can't tell. Mm. And I think that's a big conversation right now with what's happened with COVID, that you can't get hold of people as easy, right? Because unless you've already got their number, what are you going to do? Phone their business and they can't transfer you because they go, well, they're at home. I'm not, I can't put you through. I'll take a message. So it's harder to get hold of people in, in the sales environment prospecting today because the default is it's easy to send an email picking their email off some database or to send a LinkedIn message, right? Or a social message. But there's a skill in doing that and people are misusing it and they're not getting the results. So they're doing it more. If I get any more messages saying, did you, did you miss my last message of the last message of the last message is the fifth one where they've said, just want to make sure you you haven't missed out on that opportunity. It's like, I haven't missed out. I'm just blocking you because you're pestering me now. So I think there's a whole subject around that we could talk about perhaps. You've said like
1: eight things that I want to ask about because I'm very interested in them. So there's a couple there. The one to me. So I had my birthday last week. And when you have a birthday on LinkedIn, it's the best way to describe it is like it feels like you're under fire because there's just messages coming in like crazy. So. I'm in a weird situation where I have a lot of connections on LinkedIn because one of my friends is a LinkedIn trainer and uses me as his example of a super connector. So I have tons of connections to people and and I have a really well-written profile because he jazzed it up for me, but I'm not active on LinkedIn. I'm not good at it. And the messages I get, the marketing messages are so unnatural to me. I've only reached out to one or two people. The same way we first met, like I do cold outreach and it's like very, it's the same thing. Like I'm like, we never sent, I only send three emails maximum. If you don't reply to the third email, that's it. And that's because if you email me three times, there's a very good chance I miss it. But on LinkedIn, it the alert never goes away. So it feels different to me. But I think that I get these messages that are really, they're like sales letters. They're, they have like formatting and images and all this jazz. And I'm like, I don't get it. Like sometimes I get a cold email that's like, hey, Jonathan, we saw you wrote a book. You need to learn how to make courses. And I was like, well... That's my expertise. So I know you've never been to my website. That's literally the thing I'm most well known for. It's yeah. like if someone, if someone cold emailed you and says, look, we're going to teach you how to do phone sales. And I, it's I, like- get,
0: I get people, Jonathan, I use that as an example. They reach to me saying, we, we want to teach you how to do social selling. Well, number one is the first thing in social selling is listening, right? It's being Sherlock, I call it, is doing your homework, right? Well, you haven't done your homework and you failed at social selling because it says on my profile, I teach people social selling. And I post on it and talk about it all the time. So you can't be any good at social selling. You're trying to sell me. It's the most ironic thing. You can't be good at what you're trying to sell me. because you just prove that you're not by, by the fact you reached to me and yeah, I get it all the time. And it's, it's people have moved off email to LinkedIn and think they can do the same behavior. Well, it didn't, it stopped working on email. Why do you think you can just move shift platform and do the same thing? It doesn't
1: work. So what I'm interested in is two things is number one, how do I deal with the influx? Cause I not, I don't pay attention to LinkedIn very often. I, one, I always have these platforms where I have like one friend, it's their main way of communication. So like my roommate from college, it's the only way he communicates. I have a business partner who will only use Facebook messenger. And it's the only, I haven't updated my Facebook picture in like 14 years. Like, you know what I mean? I'm not in college anymore, but we always have one person. It's like the one friend who's still using MSN Messenger, Yahoo Messenger. It's like, oh, now I got to keep that app just for you. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. it's every once in a while I get someone who still has an AOL email address and I'm like, wow, like you're dedicated. Like they're like, I don't like change and I can tell, you know, and it's that's why I have it. But I'm wondering what's the right way. So I have a couple of questions about LinkedIn because that very much interests me. What's the right way to message someone? So my approach, as you know, is. If I want to approach someone to be on a summit or in a book event with me, I look for their existing content and their area of expertise. And I go, my name is Jonathan. I'm the best-selling author of this book. This is why I think my – and I want my audience to hear your voice. This is why I like your book or this is why I like yeah. your content or this is why i would be interesting. And I look for people that are good at stuff that I'm not good at. So that's why I have lots of LinkedIn experts. That's why I have lots of people that are phone experts because I'm not good at that. Mm-hmm. Or anyone who does e-commerce, not my area of expertise or anything physical. So I reach out to people like that. But I wonder, you know, and we're always looking at what's our response rate. So anytime the response rate lower, I look at the email and see if something went wrong. Like we just did a promotion with a, for a client. And I was like, and he was like, make sure you include the link to my website. And he was like, there's other speakers that are going to be at this event. And I was like, I recognize one of them. I was like, he's been dead for five years. People are going to, if someone notices that, it's going to kill your credibility. Well, it turns out I'm wrong. Because he had a picture of someone else who's been dead for over a hundred years. So one of the people emailed me back and I felt horrible. He's like, I was really excited to participate in your event, but you have someone who's been dead for a hundred years. And I was like, and I told the client, I was like, you got to read this picture because no one's going to believe that. I didn't realize he had found a picture of someone who was dead since before the internet, maybe yeah. even before the steam engine, but we get, there's this idea that we have to establish credibility when yeah. really my approach is always, I want to give value to you. So sometimes you do the thing where you like like a post or leave yeah. a comment yeah. first to like soften the ground. Yeah. But I wonder if there's like a on LinkedIn, because I feel like everyone on LinkedIn is like wearing a suit. That's what I've always been catching in my head. That it's like, you know, it's kind of like James Bond. Like if you imagine if you walked into a bar in a tuxedo and you're the only one wearing it, like everyone would be staring at you. But on LinkedIn, yeah. that's my imagination. So I wonder what's like the right way to form a connection. Is there a process for... Looking so, yes. for the type of you want to work with.
0: Yes, so I think it varies. I don't think there's one golden key answer, right? So my my answer is, it all forms part of what's called social selling, right? And social selling is about using social media to instigate and bridge a real world conversation, right? It, it's using social media as a as a supplementary method to the real world not, as people take it, A, to just bombard people using old techniques. It's a methodology. Social selling is a methodology. And part of it, as you describe, is triggers. So triggers are looking for things like where someone posts a bit of content that you authentically can comment on, right? So I, I, I talk about cloud computing, and there's areas which I have expertise in, but if someone posts something about the latest accounting practice, I can't authentically comment. I'd have to go and look up what to say, You you don't don't fake it. Right. But if there's something I can authentically comment on, whether you disagree, agree or can add something to it, people notice it because they'll see a trigger. that You'll get an alert saying Ian commented. And if it's something sensible. So I have made lots of major connections over time. And there's a variety of ways. Right. One is, yeah, to like posts and to comment and to interact and to post something relevant and tag them into your post. You know, if you know someone talks on there about let's say it's social selling and I've written a blog on a different view on social selling, I'll tag them in because I know it's there, something they talk about. So it prompts them in their feed. There's an article, they look at it and they might share it by nurturing that and not trying to take a shortcut. And that's what people do. They'll go like a post like, I'll go on there and like 50 posts of someone and then blast them with a, no, you haven't earned the right, right? You, you have to nurture it. And this is why people don't like this method and why they get it wrong. Fundamentally, real basic is they haven't got the patience. People want an instant gratification. I want to see that person. That's who I want to sell to. And I want to have a conversation today. Right. Well, if you can pick up the phone or absolutely find a way to get that conversation that will work. Absolutely support it. Don't take the long road. But what do you do when that doesn't work, which in the majority of cases, it doesn't. Well, what they do is they do lots of activity. I'll bombard them. I'll, do, I'll send them three messages this week about it. And then another one. And, another. and do you know what? Their wall goes up even more. Whereas my technique will be, yeah, I'll try and find a short method. And I'll tell you a couple of other ways in a second. And it, but if I can't find one, I can't find a genuine, authentic way in that will shorten the process. I'll treat that as one of the ones I'm going to need to nurture and earn the right. And I tell you what, when you get someone that you want to speak to follow you back of their own volition or post something back and tag you in, they're starting to open that door that, yes, you could reach out, right, because you've earned the right. And they've said, by following you, I, I like what you're doing. I've, got, I've had many people reach out to me in the past. Go, Actually, I'm coming to London, book authors and stuff like this. I'm coming to London. It feels like a you don't happen to be in London around this time, would you? And we'll meet. We'll have breakfast, right? What? Because they feel like they know me because I've spent so much interaction with them, it's become a natural progression to, well, I meet with Ian. So I know lots of the big book authors on sales and, and the big names in the industry. You know, if you make 10, probably met eight of them, but not because I pestered them or whatever, because I earned the right. The other way of doing it is that people miss, and it's the beauty of LinkedIn, and I do it all the time, there's an author called Joanne Black and she talks about no more cold calling. And what she means is it's not about n- not wanting to do an outreach. It's make it non-cold. And the social selling way of doing that is, and I've done this so many times, did one recently. Want to get hold to someone senior. First thing I'll do is try and figure out who, who they're connected to that I know. It's not rocket science, right? And if I've, and I'll and i go through and i do this every time. Now looking for a job, I do the same. And I've just had a call this evening with a VP of global sales. And I initially approached his CEO yesterday. Rather than just put the invite in, CEO with a reference to a joint connection. CEO replied saying, I'll get him to talk to you. He's come to me this morning. I had someone who used to work for me send him a message that he he doesn't know I know he's seen to say, I believe you might be having a conversation with Ian. He's applied to you guys. Blah, blah 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 endorsement, right? Because what I'll do is I'll go through and say, look, we've got twenty shared connections here. Which ones are my strongest? Oh, those three. I'll I'll ping all three of them. Do you know this individual well enough to help me with this conversation I'm trying to have? Okay. And sometimes I get all three say not really, I can't remember where we linked. Sometimes one of them will come back saying, Bloody hell yeah, I used to work with him. Or I went to college with him. Or oh my God, yeah, we I whatever. Fantastic. Do you know what? My conversation's going to be fairly quick. It's going to be a cold call that's now a warm call because I'm going to get an introduction. I've just bypassed everything. It's figuring out and I call it being Sherlock. It's finding the way in. The clues are usually there. The clues are usually there, but most people act like the Strad and miss them. They just don't see them. I spot them. I spot five things. You put me against another salesperson. I'm going to find five different angles of ways you might try and invoke a conversation that they'll miss, which is why they default back
1: to, oh, I really want to sell something to you and it doesn't work. So this is like a targeted thing where you look, you know a specific person that you want to sell to or that you want to get a job from. And I love that yeah. because I I know how to do that in real life. Like I'm good at face-to-face networking. so I like conferences, but I'm interested now. So how do you, number one, find that type of target or what's the kind of approach to do Cause I'm just interested in bringing people to my profile and kind of casting kind of a wider net because my offer, it's like, I don't know if you're interested or not. Like, cause it's not B2B, it's b 2 consumer. Like the main thing I do is help people to write their book or build their first funnel or get their first custom audience. And so if you message everyone at a company, like, Hey, you thinking of quitting? Like You know what I mean? Like thinking of starting your own thing, you're tired of working there. Like that's because yeah. that's kind of who my ideal customer is. Someone who has a job and is tired of it and wants to start their own business. Yeah. So I'm interested in, it has to be like a softer approach because I can't send a direct mail because like, it would be funny. But if I was like thinking of quitting, hate your boss. And then I accidentally, I send the same message to their boss, you know? So yeah. I'm interested in that because what's the right way to... Because also then I know they're a little bit interested. You know, i kind of, jazzed. I know about having my profile jazzed up. So it says, this is what I do. This is what I work with. But how do I start, whether it's joining groups or sending out messages or posting content? Because everything on my LinkedIn feed makes no sense to me.
0: Yeah, it is posting content. So, and I'll tell you one of the tricks I do. So the, the problem with content is there's, there's a lot of it. And I look at what people post and think, well, why have you bothered? Because firstly, people post stuff without an image. You're, you're killing yourself because that scroll mechanism, that, that feed is transient, right? Yeah. So if I posted something this morning, you're not going to see it anyway because you, no one scrolls back that far. You typically scroll back a little bit, there's a wind there's a slider. and, and that's it. So number one is any content, create good content. But any content you're going to post, schedule it. People get into this. I've seen this with companies that produce a great blog. And I've advised companies on this. So I looked at it and go, yeah, so you've tweeted it. Yeah, yeah, I posted it on LinkedIn, Twitter. I posted it, right? Yeah, once. Mm-hmm. But you said it's a great piece of content. Yeah, right. That's like creating a brilliant TV advert. And you run it once. Well, if it's the Super Bowl, there's your exception. But if if not, you tell me you haven't seen the same TV advert multiple times. right? That's what you need to do on social. You schedule it. Take the same piece of content. Oh, well, I couldn't, no, I couldn't do that because people will get fed up with it. No, they won't because they won't see it. Yeah. The chances any individual is going to see it more than once or twice is pretty slim. Schedule it using something like buffer. And I've got, I schedule weeks ahead and I'll take a, here's a good bit of content. It's a podcast we've done or something like this. And I'll schedule it 20 times on LinkedIn, 20 times on Twitter over the next month, different times, different days, even at weekends. Cause guess what? People do bloody glance at the thing at different times and. And it costs you nothing to do it, and no one's going to see it every time, so no one's going to notice
1: it. That's fair. No one's ever said anything like that to me before. You just blew my mind a little bit. That's interesting, because everything I always see is Jonathan. And this is why I hate social media. It's like I have to come up with like forty pieces of content a day. I have to put out dozens of content. I can never reuse content. Like I have because I've done a daily video for one of my social media channels every day for two years. So like, well, you can't ever reuse an old one. I'm like, are you sure? Like, okay. gosh. now you. If so so you look at some of the top so. social
0: influencers, we all do it. I do social influence for lots of major brands, and I know a lot the influencers, and, we know each other, right? In, in the sector yeah. you're in, I could name you 10 cloud social influencers, half of them are mechs, I bumped into them at SAP event or whatever, and we go, oh, you're here. Yeah, they've got me and you and, and Bob and Dave, and so you get to know each other, and you compare notes, and they all do it. They all do. So, it. It, it's you just spread it out. You don't do ten and ten in the same day, every hour of the same content. You just dot it out, and then you. So, I've got what I've got is a Word doc. So every podcast I do, or blog, or award I win, or anything, I create the template for it with the link and the, and the tags, and I just got it in this Word doc, so I can just cut and paste at any point into buffer. That one there, that one there, dot them around. I've got images and
1: videos to go with it. You just spread them out. Do you have to put, if you're posting the same thing 20 times, do you change, do you have to use 20 images? Do you have to change the image?
0: Sometimes I vary vary the image. So for example, perfect example, I've got one. Let me just find it now because I can read it off because I've got the doc open. It's always sat on another screen. So I've just done one where I did a video myself locally, video on camera for an event, 30-minute video, and I've got four different posts here. For lessons in conversations, there's one with some tags. What is being Sherlock in sales? What is a conversation? When is a conversation not a conversation? Why you need to change the channel in sales? It's all the same video, okay. different different content because the video
1: covers all of those things. Right. So you take the same piece of content and you repost it and to make it fresh or to appeal to different people, you, you change, change the headline, the, you
0: change the title of the posting, and grab yeah. a different image. Grab a different image from it if it's a video. I, for sale and it looks like a different, fresh bit of content, but you're not gonna get the same, it's so rare you're gonna get the same audience because people aren't sat there watching your stuff all the time on any platform. They're dropping in and out, right? So people miss it, unless they come to my profile and scroll through, and people don't do that. They look at their general feed.
1: That's, (laughs) that happened to me this week. I looked at my wife's Facebook feed for the first time, I think since we got married, and I was like, this is what you do on Facebook, I was so shocked. I had to look because I think one of my relatives was asking for more pictures of our new baby. And I was yeah. like, oh, let me check my wife's Facebook feed. And I was scrolling down and I was like, what? She has like, a, I was like, you have a different life that I didn't even know about. Because I've, I realized, I was like, I don't know if I've ever looked at it. We've been together for eight years. And I'm like, I may have never looked at your Facebook profile because it's not, yeah, that's not, you know, we live in the same room. Like I, I'm not looking at her feed. And so if I'm not looking at hers, I'm certainly not looking at any of my friends or my own. Yeah. Now that I say that, I have no idea what's on my face. I, if I look at my profile, I have no idea. It would be under the picture. So that's really, really good because the pressure that we all feel, whether we're a beginner or advanced, is like, oh, if you got to tweet twenty times a day, you got to. And I do scheduling, but I always hear this thing: you have to con- perpetually create new content. You have to keep it rotating, and it's like everything. It's like I feel like the main social media approach we all learn is the musket it's like you get to shoot each bullet once and you better keep making more bullets you spend more time making them
0: so you want to create new content right so I, I you know for example I can't use content that I did six years ago because it's probably not relevant now right but I'm constantly guesting on podcasts doing a new blog so you know maybe i write two blogs a month or now I've got some software and bits I can do play around with on here and put some titles on so I make it a bit more professional so I just need to get some slots in there, but you can rec- then I can record and talk to camera for six or seven minutes, and it's easier. Right? It takes it 10 minutes at top to put a few titles on. I've got a bit of content. Yeah. So it's creating new content, but it, it isn't about you need to create 30 new pieces a month because who the hell can do that?
1: The other, so the other trick, so overwhelming. Yeah, the other,
0: the other trick I, I learned is to create professional-looking imagery and videos very cheaply and I don't have the skills Right, I don't know how to use forget the main packages people use but all these graphic packages so if you if you haven't come across it there's two websites fiverr and five squid right they both do the same they're gig economy websites and I've done I have posted so many videos over time and if you look at my profiles and stuff you'll see it regularly there might be one saying are you into cloud and it's a fantastic animation flying through a computer with you're going to cloud and software as a service. you want to f- learn about, f- this is the blog to follow, mm-hmm. right? That cost me five bucks to get done on Fiverr. All I did was gave them the text and what I wanted. Because there's lovely. so many on there. And they produce these high production, amazing video clips that you can post on social. And I've had so many people reach out to me and go, and hey, companies, oh my God, how do you do that? We'd love to have something like that. Uh, did, you do, did you do it? Or it's like, and I, I feel disappointing sometimes to say to them, mum, five quid? What? It, it's because there's someone in Thailand or there's someone in back end of nowhere, or India, who knows how to do this stuff. And to them, it's a good money. And they're on this website and they just do it, churning them out all day. They're sat somewhere just churning this stuff out cheaply. Is it any, anyone that's got the skill? You can go on there. and You starts at five pounds. Some of the gigs will be forty pounds for a video because it's high, different, and that's what they decided to charge. And but it's so I do those all the time. I've I've got lot. I've done about four hundred gigs on there now over the years, creating video content and imagery to make my brand look more professional. But I haven't done the work. It's it's cheaper to outsource it, and that gives you adverts, right? It's little advertorials or videos which grab people's attention when they're scrolling through of, Whoa, what's this? What's it? It's all about, it's it's the MTV generation. It's grabbing that. It's that advert. What's going to grab your attention when you're scrolling to stop and look at my piece of content. That's the game. That's
1: all it is. Okay. That's really good. So we start putting out that content. We reuse our content a lot. So we're not spending six hours a week, just recording videos. And then we start pulling people to our profile and getting them to follow us or friend us. And I get all those requests all the time. How do we then get them to interact with us? Is it for for like the pull into the funnel approach? Is it that I post something in the profile and say, click this link to watch my video? Or is it that I say, message me? How do we turn it into a conversation with the right people?
0: Well, firstly, it's define whatever you're doing, define what you want to be known for, right? And is it obvious what you want to be known for? So mine is cloud and and sales stuff that's it mm-hmm. and it's pretty obvious if you look at my stuff i make it blatantly obvious that's what it's about and the content i post is consistently about that so what do you want to be known for and then make it easy for people to interact with you on all platforms so in our instance on all platforms right so initially i was on linkedin i've now got profiles on all the major platforms they all look consistent so if you look at any of my profiles you'll know it's me even if you took the name out you'd know it's the same person's profile And I cross-link them all. I do everything I can to make it easy for you as the audience to A find me, know Mm -hmm. what, know what to interact with me for. So if you're into archaeology, you're gonna immediately know I'm not the guy. If you're into cloud computing, you'll know, yeah, this is the guy. And I then and I get myself into other areas, anywhere there's anything where I can extend that personal brand whether it be a podcast talking about it, whether it be doing a blog for someone. I write blogs sometimes and then post it. I find sites where you can post them. You know, there's tech magazines for me, which will take my content. So I'm looking, if I create a piece of content, how many places can I get that used and placed? Ideally with backlinks to me, because I never know where my audience is going to find me. The other thing is is lots of tricks I, I use. I'm trying to go to the site now. There's a site I use, Tweetful. So what Tweetful allows you to do is lots of little tools you can use and it, it doesn't necessarily fit for everyone, but Tweetful allows you to create little batch jobs. Okay, We'll just point and click on a menu item. So for example, if I wanna in- grow my followers like cloud content, cloud computing content, would it be sensible to assume If if someone is following another cloud computing influencer, that that would be part of my audience as well. Right. So if you know someone like you who's got the audience you want, you're not stealing their audience. What you're saying is I want that audience to like me as well. So it's a little bit like Netflix because you watch these three programs. We think you'll like this one. So what I want is that audience to go, because you're following those people, you might like me. So the tweet for allows you to create that type of thing. Because what it does, you can create a little batch job, again, point and click, which says, well, I'm going to pick these four people because their audience is the audience that I my content would be interesting to. Okay. And what it will do is it will, it will follow their audience, right? You can set it to mm-hmm. follow or automatically like content of their audience it will do automatic triggering of people that are following them and you can defollow them. So you can say, go and follow this, this individual here, their audience probably will like my content. So every day go and follow a hundred of the people that's following them. And mm-hmm. three days later, if they haven't followed me, unfollow them. And you'll be okay. surprised how many followers you get pick up because It gives you a nice graph. So I used to do this on my competitors. I'd set it to follow my competitive vendors, followers. And over time, I'd say, oh, look, I've picked up 400 followers from their account because it will show you which ones that you did it to of that account now follows you. And it works. It works because what it's doing by following them, a lot of them will then go, oh, who, who just followed me? Oh, yeah. oh, that's interesting. Oh, look, oh, content I'm interested in. I'll follow them back. There's lots of little tricks you can do, to, to, which builds the audience, which over time is why I've got all the different followers on the different platforms. It's finding those. How do you automate
1: this stuff within the rules that you can? Okay. That's really good. You've given a lot of really great tips, say a lot of good stuff that I'm like, I gotta implement all of this. I'm gonna be so busy today now doing it because a lot of the time the generally accepted ideas don't work or they require massive time investment, which I don't have. I'm already busy running a company on a team, but yeah. it is in it is, you've taught me some really good stuff. I've got a lot of things to think about because I have a lot of connections on LinkedIn, but it's not very active. I'm not really active on any social media platform. I'm an email guy, but I definitely see there's a lot of potential there. So thank you so much for sharing so much welcome. today. You're Where welcome. can people find you? Where's the best people to learn more about you?
0: Yeah, so there's, there's another personal branding and a, and a tip here as well, right? So if you want to go to my social profiles, go to ianmoist.co.uk. Or go to IanMoist.cloud. That'll take you straight to LinkedIn and my Twitter accounts. I've done so. I've I've created a domain name for all of my social accounts. Doesn't it costs a few bucks? And I root it now. For me, my name's fairly easy to find, right? So if you went on LinkedIn and put my name, you'd find it. But Jonathan Green, for example, or yeah. Paul Smith, yeah. you go on there and search that. How many are there? So I I picked up ages ago. Another little tip was why wouldn't I register my own domain? It's so cheap. I now own it and I can point it anywhere I want. So Mm. here's the thing. You know, I always use that now in any any content I post. I want Ian put in there. Right. And that then routes people to my LinkedIn profile, which creates more traffic to my profile, which means LinkedIn's algorithms pick that up and and promote it in more searches and etc. It's all a knock on effect. So that's where they find me and follow me, hopefully.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. I learned a lot and my audience is going to love this and I can't wait for more people to learn more about social selling and to send me more appropriate LinkedIn messages. So hopefully more people will learn. So I get less of those annoying messages. Thank you so much for being here. It was awesome. As always, thank you so much. Take care. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's very special episode. Traffic is a topic near and dear to my heart. If you're just starting out or even if you're advanced and you could use a little more traffic, you're going to love my new free guide, Traffic Bomb. You can get it absolutely positively free right now at surfmastercom forward slash bomb.